My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the Double Knot Podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for nearly five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bringing you AEW, Impact, NJW, and all the latest from the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all of our old favourites, including NXT Update and the Big Four events live. But tonight, it's time for NXT TakeOver in your house. The, the WNR, WNR are, are live. So yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I am joined by... Dan White. And today is the WNR291, it's NXT In Your House Live. Well, for the past four weeks, we have dedicated ourselves to watching NXT in preparation for NXT TakeOver. Well, the time is now, and it's In Your House. Dan, are you excited for the event? I am very excited. As always, I love... NXT TakeOver events, they cannot be topped by anything at all. No, without a doubt, no matter how much we build this show here tonight, for however long we're on, if it's 90 minutes or two hours, then the show will surpass all our expectations. Thanks to everyone who is listening and has interacted us with the build-up for tonight. Yes, drop us a comment or a like on Twitter at WWE Network Review. Use the hashtag WNRLive. Yeah, we have so much planned for tonight, including games... News, masturbate, the latest episode of NXT, shout outs, and an in-depth look at the card. So let's get started with a bit of NXT news. Well, when WWE made a decision to revive the In Your House branding for Sunday's NXT TakeOver, Triple H, the former superstar turned WWE executive, was caught off guard when it was revealed. The decision came nearly 25 years to the day of the first In Your House pay-per-view. But according to Levesque, the timing was perfect regardless, largely due to the circumstances surrounding the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Well, first of all, the timing was right on it, Levesque told CBS Sports. It just seemed right because right now everybody is home and locked in their house. And now we're doing takeover, selling out Barclays Centre and selling out Chicago and all these different places. And now we're coming back home to Orlando. Well, it just seemed In Your House was very apropos to the moment. When we decided to do it all of a sudden, someone told me, oh, that's really cool, Tuesday's the 25th anniversary. I have no idea about the anniversary or the event, and it worked out great. Well, WWE, but then WWF, used the branding beginning on May 14th, 1995, for pay-per-views outside of major events. Major events. Such as Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Summer Sam and Survivor Series. All told, there were 27 In Your House events before the final offering aired on February the 14th, 1999. The famous St. Valentine's Day Massacre event, which saw Stone Cold Steve Austin battle Vince McMahon in a steel cage match in the main event, leading to the WWE debut on that night of the big show. Yeah, and of course we have had that on the WNR podcast as well. Well, Triple H wrestled on 19 of those cars, having memorable matches with The Rock, Sergeant Slaughter and Austin. He also took part in the infamous Arkansas Hogpen match against Henry O. Godwin, House 5. Those events, Triple H said, are worth a visit for both fans, new and old. Well, those were fun events, Levesque said. 
If you've been a fan for a long time, you remember those events. If you have WWE Network or listen to the WNR podcast, you can go back, watch and or listen to big historic matches on In Your House pay-per-views. They're fun. In this moment right now, with everything going on, everyone needs some fun, nostalgia and comfort foods, I think. Hopefully, and that's what we can bring with this. Well, a little bit of fun and a blast on the past. We sit at home and have some comfort food and just enjoy a night of NXT. The one thing NXT prides itself on is always these takeovers. We always deliver, and hopefully this will be nothing different. So, yeah, like I said, takeover always delivers. What are your thoughts on them bringing back the in-your-house uh, events? I, I think it's brilliant. You know, it is a blast from the past, which we have enjoyed watching uh, on the network. And, yeah, I, I think I'm all for it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's brilliant as well. And like all WWE events, there'll be no fans in attendance as performers who are trained to play with reactions to the crowd. This created a different struggle to continue business as usual for both the in-ring workers as well as the promotion. That is especially true for NXT, the brand that the highest percentage of performers still somewhat new to the game. Well, look, I'm very proud of the product we've continued to put out, Levesque said. The one thing with NXT, we sort of had to drift along on the tail of Raw and SmackDown. So as things were moving, we were kind of different in the last of the movement. A lot of times, we were kind of scrambling to pick up the chains last and move with it. Well, that was difficult to do. I think Talent has done a remarkable job. I read a quote the other day where Talent said, everybody hates doing these empty arena shows. Well, of course they do. No one wants to wrestle in an empty arena. No one wants to get COVID either. Well, that is very true. That is true, actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it again. Uh, what? What? <laughs> well, these empty arena shows are what they are. We feel like it's really important right now in the world for people to be entertained. We've done everything we can from a safety standpoint, from putting following guidelines to continue putting on a product. It's a different product, and it's hard for talent, especially in NXT, where some of the talent are younger and newer. Well, I can't even imagine if I've only been in the business for a couple of years, and I'm just starting to get used to having a lot of fans at the shows, and now they take all the fans away. I'm expected to do matches still and put 100% into everything, but it's really hard. It's a tough thing. Well, everything we're taught to do is in reaction to where the fans are going and being reactive to that. You guide them and be reactive to that. There's nothing now to guide you and react to. It's really tough. This isn't going to last forever, and I'm a big believer the talent will rise to the top. The cream will rise to the top. If we continue to put out great shows, people will continue to watch. That's truly what I believe. Well, and Triple H is always going to talk up NXT, but I feel ever since uh, what happened with the pandemic, like this, the first lot of NXT up, well, the first NXT update we did with the shows maybe wasn't a good, but I think the second NXT update has definitely improved now. They've got used to working kind of uh, the way it has. And I think that's fair play to, to NXT. Like I said, the priority for WWE at the moment is getting the Raw and SmackDown shows done. And then I suppose Triple H is then saying, well, hang on a minute, what about NXT and everything else? So it is a difficult situation, isn't it? Situation. It is indeed, yes. Uh, but we do move on, and we're going to talk about Nigel McGuinness. Well, WWE NXT commentator Nigel McGuinness was reportedly furloughed as part of WWE's massive budget cuts, budget cuts in April, according to some Dave Meltzer, <laughs> in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Well, the cuts and furloughs reportedly resulted in an estimated monthly saving of $4 million in addition to cash flow improvement $140 million primarily from the deferral in spending of the new W headquarters that was scheduled to open next year. As Wrestling Inc. first reported, WWE employees were told that the end date of the furlough is July 1st. Although it is subject to extensions due to uncertainties with the pandemic, and while the end date is subject to change, expectation is it will last fewer than six months. 
although WWE noted they reserved the right to extend or terminate the furlough period at their discretion. Well, several WWE producers were furloughed, including Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, Fit Finley, Mike Rotunda, Pat Buck, Sean Davari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, and Lance Storm. W's long-term director of television, Kerwin Seifels, was also amongst the names furloughed. While furloughed, employees will not be receiving a paycheck. WWE to cover health insurance contributions during the furlough period for those enrolled in WWE's health plan, and they will retain their seniority within the country, company. Well, McGinnis signed with WWE in January 2017. He quickly became the colour commentator for NXT and also provided commentary on 205 Live main event and NXT UK and had his own WNR superstar profile earlier this year. I can tell you which one I'm sure McGuinness is mo- most proud of. <laughs> yeah, about that. I mean, it's a horrible time, isn't it, for especially for NXT UK, which has kind of just shut down at this moment, and there's nothing else they could do. We've seen what's happened with Jordan Devlin and the Cruiserweight title with Pete Dunne as well. But at this moment in time, there's nothing they can do, is there, you know? But then, you know, it's, again, it's through no fault of the performers. It's through no one's fault. It is just due to this pandemic. And... You know, with this going on, it is a kind of needs-must thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be this way at the moment. And then when the travel resumes, I'm sure uh, things will go back to normal. But we've got WWE news. Yes, WWE has begun to work on plans to get fans back at their shows. Well, WrestleVotes is reporting that WWE live event schedule is being rebuilt and discussions on ticket sales are moving forward with plans to implement social distancing guidelines. It's a tricky situation. Situation. So it'll be interesting to see how they can pull this off. Well, WrestleVotes also indicated that just anything with fans should not be expected until July. As previously noted, Vince McMahon had been dead set on getting for SummerSlam. However, the city of Boston is not allowing mass gatherings until September at the earliest. So WWE will have to move SummerSlam to a new venue in a different city or delay the show until September if they want fans at the show. One thing that will need to be addressed is COVID-19 testing and face masks. If WWE can get rapid testing and face masks for every fan who enters an arena for one of their shows, then it would be more feasible for them to run shows while reducing any potential exposure to the virus. WWE began using... Plexiglass and a performance centre this week to put some distance between NXT wrestlers posing as talent and the wrestlers in the ring. They may have something considered for when fans are allowed back to the show. But Dan, we have been to numerous wrestling events and the WWE ones and the bigger the show is, the crazier it is. How even queuing up for an event like this now is going to be almost impossible. I don't know how they're going to do it. Even at the O2, it's quite a small arena, but the queues. I mean, well, imagine that. Well, if you, if you kind of look at getting into a supermarket at this current time, yeah. you know, it is, you know, I've been literally halfway around a car park waiting to queue in to, to get into Tesco's. And, you know, it is slow moving. And think, you know, you've got to kind of get your tickets. You've got to, you know, and everyone's going to be waiting, wanting to get in there. You know, and, and the likes of us, you know, we're kind of, we'd be queuing together. So, you know, that'd be kind of two people with a space in between <laughs> yeah. us. And then, you know, there might be three or four friends together. So that'd be kind of, you know, an even bigger space. And then, you know, you've got to think about the merch stands as well. How are people yeah, going to get to them? It's going to take like eight hours to get a t-shirt. It will. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I think it's something that they should kind of put off until things have improved drastically. You know, it's you don't need fans. At t- I know they're missing out on ticket sales, but come on, you know what are ticket sales compared to the health and well-being of wrestling fans? Well, I suppose that do you wear gloves and a mask to a wrestling show? 
Uh, no, because I'm immune to it. I'm immune to all illnesses. Yeah, oh, are you? Yeah, I, I've never been ill in my oh, life. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, I didn't. Know uh, obviously, I would. I would take every <laughs> precaution necessary to, you know, to protect myself and others. Well, it's it's something that we haven't seen in wrestling. You know, we we don't want to talk about the COVID stuff too much, but it's completely changed most of uh, the entertainment side and everything else. You know, when you look about the changes. Uh, with all sport, and now they're bringing the Premier League back finally, aren't they? But we move on to the WWE Network. Well, WWE today unveiled the free version of the WWE Network, the company's award-winning digital streaming service, unlocking a vast portion of its content library. More than 1,500 action-packed WWE titles now available for free. No, sorry, 15,000. 15,000 of the free version of WWE Network includes new shows, including Raw Talk, streaming Monday nights each week, immediately following Raw. Groundbreaking original series, including Monday Night War, Ride Along, Table for Free, Photo Shoot, and Storytime. Recent episodes of WWE Slagship programs, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, and NXT. Select historical events, uh, WWE pay-per-views, and NXT for events. Weekly WWE highlights, top 10, WWE's a bump, WWE Now, the best of WWE, and the timeline. The launch of WWE's network's free Version is a key component to our company's digitalization strategy and a new way for all fans to be able to experience premium WWE content, said J.R. Donlan, WWE Executive Vice President, Advanced Media. As we continue to reimagine WWE's network offering the free version, will serve as a way to reach a broader group of consumers and allow them to experience the history and spectacle of WWE. Well, WWE Network's free version is available now. No credit card required to access, download the WWE app on any device, including TVs, gaming consoles, mobile phones, tablets, and computers. I mean, will you ever pay for the network again? If you can get rumbles and stuff like that, and all the latest kind of, you know what I mean? You can get like The Last Ride and, and, and documentaries. Is there any point paying for the network? No. Um, what to pay for, unless you're an avid watcher that what likes to watch pay-per-views pretty much as live or within the next three or four months, because I'm sure they're not going to show them, like, you know, in chronological order, like they do SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, you, know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, they're going to be kind of delayed by a month or two. Well, I will say, say, NXT has been delayed. Uh, it, it's not getting on there for like a week and a half on the network, and I don't know why and what the problem is with that. I would say if anybody's paying a subscription and you just want the kind of basics, paying that. And I tell you something else: go to Impact Plus or go. To, go to, that's been really great. It's got some really great stuff. All the talent you're seeing now in WWE have had great matches there, and of course in AEW. And it's definitely worth like the six pounds as well. So you know, and of course Red Pro and NJPW, these other places, you can get two of those for the price of the WWE Network. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, if again, if you're a fan of wrestling and can only kind of afford one streaming service, then yeah, go for. Impact. Yeah, go try something a little bit different. You know what I mean? WWE's offering it for free now, so you can still get the kind of basics and then try something else and see how that tickles your fancy. Uh, all right, we'll move on now. And fucking hell, we've got some serious stuff to talk to. We're going to get on to departures because we've not actually mentioned it on the podcast. No, the COVID-19 pandemic has managed to wreck the global economy and the lives of millions of people worldwide. The same grim effect have presented itself in WWE. In a shocking turn of events, WWE has released some very important on-screen and off-screen talent in order to manage its financial crisis. Names such as Kurt Angle, Fit Finley, Drake Maverick, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. And they have shockingly made the list, while many 
of uh, of other undercard and mid-card superstars, as well as well-reputed producers, have unfortunately been fired. NXT talent has not survived the cuts. Reported releases are still being provided. 30 days of pay, and they are free to do what they want. The current list of superstars and producers fired by the company is as followed. Well, we've got Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle has been seen as a special guest referee on NXT, so there's a chance, obviously, he's still going to have a work relationship with WWE. And Drake Maverick, who has kind of advanced to the final of the uh, tournament as well. So we're not quite sure what's happening with him. And we're going to find out about that in a little bit when we have NXT update. Can Drake Maverick uh, complete his journey back to WWE? But the people that have been released, uh, Kurt Hall. Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows. Heath Slater. Eric Young. Eric Rowan. EC3. Aiden English. Leo Rush. Sarah Logan. Billy Kidman. Mike Rotunda. Fit Finley. Lance Storm. Shane Helms. Pat Buck. Davari. Armstrong. Sarah Stock. Mike Kyoda. Zach Ryder. Maria Canellis. Mike Canellis. Primo and Epico Colon. No Way Jose. Diana Peruzzo. Rusev. And Alexander Jaksic. Yeah. Is there anybody on that list you are... Sad to see leaving, and I don't think we should say you're glad to see you um, jobs. Sad to see Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows go in. I think they're huge talent. Aiden English as well, even though he was mainly on commentary. Kurt Hawkins, again, not really got behind him. Eric Young, he was rarely seen on telly anyway after that. Uh, EC3, I know he's one of your favourites, so you're going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Zack Ryder, one of the greatest WrestleMania Intercontinental moments I think we've seen ever. But on the other side, oh, sorry, and Rusev as well. Yeah, I think Rusev is the biggest name, I think, to, to Them to and uh, Anderson and Gallows. Yeah, and I, and I think EC3, he's been lighting it up on Twitter, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. Zach Ryder's got a kind of uh, a promotional uh, appeal. And Mike Kyoda, longest-serving WF referee, um, main event. Uh, rest, you know, I remember seeing him refereeing WrestleMania 14, the main event, and it was... Uh, you know, like I said, to, to be there for that long, uh, whether he's been furloughed or not, I'm not sure. Uh, everybody else, you know, sometimes it's not a surprise, but WWE haven't been releasing talent of late. So. <laughs> Mike and Maria Canellis, brilliant. Well, I, I can't, you know, it's a shame because she's pregnant. So, oh, it's well. a, you know what I mean? You can release a pregnant woman and a guy providing. But someone who, unsurprisingly, or surprisingly, has managed to avoid the chop, someone who I know that you're very not keen on, Mojo Rawley. Uh, do you know what? I ca- in these times, you know, Mojo has got his own troubles. You know, we've talked about the Gronk um, having left WWE now and having a bit of attitude, really, at WrestleMania, I'm hearing. Uh, that's not going to help Mojo out. Have we seen him recently? No, we haven't. So, again, it's a matter of time. No one wants to, you know, I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. This is a shame. But it was a scene from the get-go by many. Like, once everything settled down, many would get hired back to the company. Uh, Tom Collier of Sportskedia revealed in a report today that the company has listed WWE talents that they want back. Well, the WWE, including what's just happened with Drew Gulak, have a short list prepared of names of people that have been released who they may want to rehire in the future after the coronavirus pandemic is lessened, or at least is so not prevalent that they're able to do that without affecting their bottom line. Yeah, they are people that do not plan to rehire under any circumstances and people who did choose to leave, and this is why they're not immediately trying to rehire Drew Gulak now. The story of Gulak, we'll get onto that in a second. Even though they have given a new call and are looking at more legends they want to tie down, including an attempt to get Sting on a new contract, now that it's public knowledge that he's not already on one. Well, sadly, when it comes to the company's third brand, it seems that no talent from NXT is expected to be brought back. 
at the moment the short list of people they want to bring back at some point in the future or at least hope to be able to does not include anyone who has been released from NXT thus far. Yeah. Well, after uncertainty regarding Drew Gulak's status, he's reportedly re-signed with WWE this week. Dan's friend Dave Meltzer says Gulak has penned a multi-year contract with the company and the other promoters attempted to contact Gulak during a brief period of time. He was free agent, but he clearly had a destination in WWE. A new report has emerged that suggests WWE is attempting to re-sign multiple wrestlers released on 15th of April on low-money contracts. That comes via Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer, who stated WWE has reached out to several wrestlers let go on Black Wednesday, offering them a fraction of what they earned before. To return to the promotion, these renewal offers are apparently so low that almost any of the wrestlers in question will earn more money if they decided to go elsewhere. Well, there is currently no word on who exactly the contracts were offered to, Though the situation, situation is still wide open. Most wrestlers, no complete cause, don't expire until 15th of July. Diana Pruitzo has shown up on Impact Wrestling. Yeah, we'll get on to that in just a second. First up, though, we're talking about uh, what do you think of WWE offering low contract? I mean, that is, isn't that a slap in the face from WWE to do it that? It is a slap in the face, but, you know, the, they've, they've kind of got a few slaps in the face. It's like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're sacking you, but... We may want to, might possibly may rehire you, possibly down the future, if we choose to. <laughs> so, you know, that's like, well, you know, what do I do? I've always wanted to be in WWE. Do I wait around? Do I see what I can get offered elsewhere? Oh, well, what we'll do then is we'll offer you the lowest fucking contract we could possibly imagine offering you. I mean, I know it's kind of WWE saying, look, you know, we've got nothing for you at the moment. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, and we talk about the talents that have left WWE, and we said Diana Perazzo has shown up in Impact Wrestling, but Impact uh, have been very interesting recently, and they released a promotional video for the 2020 iteration of its long-standing pay-per-view event, Slammiversary, teasing the Impact return of debut of multiple W superstars who were released from the company as a result of its pandemic-related cost cutting. Well, the video shared to the official Impact Wrestling YouTube channel opens on a hooded figure watching a news report pertaining to the recent WWE firings. While World Wrestling Entertainment isn't outright named, the reporter does recite the promotion's infamous line of wishing release performers the best in their future endeavours. What follows is a quick collection of clips teasing fire superstars fans can likely expect to see at Slam of 2020 in some form or fashion. These include multiple former Impact wrestlers such as Eric Young, Doc, Doc Gallows, known as Luke Gallows. Brian Myers, known in WWE's Kurt Hawkins. Maria Kanellis, Mike Bennett, or known in WWE's Mike Kanellis. And Dixie Kayfabe nephew himself, Ethan Carter III, EC3, once known in WWE as Derek Bateman. As far as potential debuts go, the promo also features footage teasing the rival of wrestlers who have not yet worked for former TNA Sling, such as former Bullet Club member Carl Anderson. Doc Gallo's tag team partner in both WWE and NJPW. And footage of a Bulgarian flag is also seen, which could be teasing the arrival of former WWE superstar Rusev. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, me personally, fair play to Impact. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's kind of baffling to me while Anderson and Gallows aren't immediately up by All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. But, yeah, huge fair play to Impact Wrestling for kind of, you know, at least saying, look, 
you've been kicked out of your house, come and join us. It, without a doubt. And it, the production value on the video as well was, was really good. And it's going to get us watching, you know, checking out Slammiversary to see who, who comes across. You know, I think it's really well done for them to strike whilst the kind of iron's hot as well. All right, we go outside of WWE now. And February star Alberto Del Rio. I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned him a, once or twice in the news before. Yes, we might have mentioned him. We never had a song, though. Uh, I can't well, say we did. We never, we would never uh, sing along to him. We never, ever. Well, real name, Jose Rodriguez Chuchuan, allegedly struck, choked and raped a woman earlier this month in San Antonio, Texas, per a police report. The next couple of news stories do get a bit dark, but stick with us because we are going to line it up with a bit of uh, games and, of course, an XD update in a little bit. Del Rio was arrested and charged with counts of domestic violence and aggravated sexual assault. Well, TMZ Sports obtained a copy of the report which describes an attack and sexual assault that took place over 14 hours on May 3rd and 4th. The woman, who only speaks Spanish, told police Del Rio's attack began when he accused her of cheating on him. Del Del Rio allegedly broke her phone and laptop for attempting to destroy her passport and then physically attacking and sexually assaulting her. According to the police report, Del Rio shoved a sock in the woman's mouth so she couldn't scream. When the sock was in her mouth, she could not breathe, the report notes. Del Rio also allegedly threatening to kidnap her son and drop him off in the middle of the road somewhere, per SBG Antonio. Well, the woman was left woozy and dizzy from the attack. Del Rio, 42, has been on the independent wrestling circuit since leaving WWE in 2016. He also returned to mixed martial arts in 2019, losing to Tito Ortiz in about a minute. Well, Del Rio was involved in an incident with then-fiancé Paige at an Orlando airport in 2017. According to a witness who saw the argument, Paige allegedly called Del Rio abusive. The note contains language not safe for work. Obtained audio parts of the argument during which Paige says she wants to get the F away from Del Rio. No charges were filed by the police. But um, again, this is just, you know, especially seeing the, the dark side of the ring recently with Jimmy Snooker and the stories there. And uh, again, innocent to proven guilty, understand. But something has got to be done for, you know, not standing up. But it's just like, it's horrible when you hear this. Because you know, in six months or a year's time, if nothing is done, we're just going to keep reading stories about this, aren't we, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it is absolutely disgusting if these allegations are true. But, you know, judging by past experiences and stories with Del Rio... They commonly normally are. Yeah. All right. So we move on to deaths. And uh, we start off with uh, Kimura. Yes. Stardom Wrestling confirmed Kimura's death Saturday with details largely unknown. Hannah Kimura, Japanese professional wrestler who appeared in the latest series of the popular reality show Terrace House, has died. She was 22. Her organization, Stardom Wrestling, confirmed Kimura's death Saturday. It said details are still largely unknown and the group was cooperating in an investigation and asked her fans to be respectful. We are very sorry to report that Hammer Kimura has passed away. The organisation said in a statement, Kimura was found dead at a home, Japanese media said. Kimura became the target of massive bullying on social media over her role in Terrace House show on Netflix, which involves three men and three women temporarily living together at a shared house in Tokyo. The show was temporarily suspended due to the novel coronavirus. Well, in her latest Instagram posting Friday, she published a photo of herself and a cat with a message saying goodbye. 
Another posting carried a message. I love you. Live long and happy. I'm sorry. Her death has triggered, uh, has triggered a wave of messages on social media against anonymous bullying and hateful messages. Well, Kimura's mother's Kyoku, also a famous pro wrestler, performed at the sold-out Madison Square Garden event by Japan Pro Wrestling and US Ring Honor. I mean, let's, I, I don't want to take too long. I mean, it's, it's horrible what's happened. But this is all due to the fact that she was getting bullied on social media. And especially with WNR using Twitter a little bit more, there is a real, talk about dark side to Twitter, where it's just people who kind of hide behind the facade or whatever it is, and just, it's it's just venom and hatred. And I feel Twitter and Instagram and other places need to do something to, to try and actually say, no, it's not acceptable. If you wouldn't say it in the street, if you wouldn't say it in someone's face, then you can't. Uh, say it then, you know. I mean, this is a thing. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, for so. I mean, like I said, we have a laugh and a joke, but when it comes to bullying of, I think any kind, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Bullying of any kind, you know. So whether they're famous, you know, whether you think, oh well, she's a wrestler, she takes kind of punishment in the ring, she can take bullying, but it's not. It affects people on so many different mm. levels, and. You know, it is just not right, as you say. You know, it's you can't write something in a tweet that you wouldn't say to someone's face. And, and this is the thing. And, and like we we've had it on the WNR with people. You know, say, don't say. Don't get me wrong. Not everybody will love you, but there, there's a as a rhyme and reason to it. You know, people are talked to opinions and the freedom of speech. But when it is just kind of hatred and abusive, there is kind of no need for it. You know, and I, I think that is a shame. Um, you know, and um, it doesn't help when you've got someone like Hall of Famous Tammy Lynn Sitch posting on a personal Facebook about Hannah Kimura's suicide, where she didn't name her specifically. It's obvious which event she was referring to. Well, Sunny stated that she's been bullied and hated on by more arseholes than anyone in the pro wrestling business. She would never think about killing herself because that would give them too much. Instead, she made a bunch of money, so her haters gave her power. Well, for the record, I've probably been bullied and hated on more arseholes than anyone in my business on social media. I've been called some of the most horrific names and words out there. Not once did I ever think of killing myself over it. I would never give them that much power. What do I do instead? Thrive and make more money and make them eat their words. Haters give me power. Well, Sunny did get out of prison and three months later, she was making six figures on an OnlyFans page. That is what she is referring to when she talks about making so much money. Well, a lot of people online are angry about Sonny's comments and they're calling out for applying at Hannah Kimura while putting herself over. Well, needless to say, Sonny is getting grilled on social media again. It's ironic that she's being trolled over comments about a subject like this. There's no way we can condone anything about what Sonny said, but please don't let the circle of hate continue. Yeah, and this is the problem. You can disagree with it, and I think the best thing is to just block it out, you know? There's a block feature on Twitter as well. Don't let the hatred in, you know? Do Go with what you want to go for. If it's any other of your followers retweeting something that you don't like, then either block them or mute it and just don't see it, you know? Absolutely, and, you know, by all means, have an opposing opinion on you know people's thoughts but not on a deep and personal level you know say if someone says well i like aw and you don't like aw you know that's it you know you comment you don't like it yeah 
that is it. You don't have to get into detail and then, you know, say, look, why don't you kill yourself because you don't like NXT? Exactly. We record the podcast and we move on, don't we, Dan? Exactly. That's the same. Me and Dan have argued about more things over time, but when it comes to the kind of basic stuff and the kind of the circle that you're in, uh, I think that's important. But sometimes you kind of need to expand the circle as well uh, and kind of give others a chance. That's understandable. Uh, and it's been a fucking horrible time. You know, not only the, the COVID-19 and the kind of Kimura Parson as well, but we had um, fucking Shad Gaspar as well. Uh, and it was this is fucking just horrible, you know? It is, yes, indeed, yes. Shad's, Shad Gaspar's family and friends gathered Friday evening to remember the late WWE star, he was 39. Well, the memorial was held at Los Angeles Venice Beach. TMZ reported Gaspar went missing for the same beach after he got caught under a strong current while swimming with his 10-year-old son, Araya, on May 17th. Rescuers located the child who did not require hospital transport, but Gaspard was found dead nearly three days later. The L.A. County Coroner's Office previously confirmed to people. Over 500 people showed up tonight to celebrate Shad's life. Fellow pro wrestler Brian Alvarez shared from Friday's memorial alongside a photo of Gaspar's loved ones gathering around a flower sculpture spelling out his name. Taya Valkyrie, another wrestler, posted her own tribute to Gaspard and shared the photo showing dozens of candles lit on the beach. This week has been extremely hard. Tonight together to remember you at Shad Beast. She wrote, you were there with us, smiling down on everyone that loves you. You impacted so many, and tonight was proof of your power in life and beyond. Well, no filter from tonight's memorial. Beautiful evening to celebrate our friend, said our friend, Joey Ryan. Um, and, and, and what's tragic about this is, is you know, he's from his son, and he said to, like I said, the Coast Guard, he goes, no, make sure you get my son. Make sure my son is safe, and then worry about me. And that is a kind of, a hero you know be what you say what you want about shag gaspo if you knew him personally or not if you liked crime time if you didn't if you followed him afterwards that kind of hero uh, that kind of heroic action is just incredible what are your thoughts on it what are your thoughts on crime time and shag gaspo yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant um you know one of the matches i've seen a fair few times because you know i only had this is before the network came out i only had a few dvds but there was one it was just after crime time fell out shag Gads- gaspar the jdg having a strap match because they were strapped together for so long. And Gaspar came out and he's like, it's my time. It's my time. <laughs> and, you know, just that match, you know, he was on the losing end to his very good friend, a crime time tag team partner, JTG. But it was, you know, it's a match that kind of, if I had a match to remember Shad Gaspar by, Gaspar by, it would be that match. Yeah. Uh, absolutely brilliant match. But, you know, Gaspar, it, it wasn't only, you know, the way he saved his son, but there's reports that he kind of diffused or broke up uh, an attempted robbery in the shop as well. Um, also, you know, a huge shout-out to... Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a Just Giving page for Gaspard set up by his family, you know, to help his family through this tough time. Um, and there was a huge donation, and it was uh, CTC... R.I.P. of $40,000. So, you know, a lot of people are saying it was John Cena from Crime Time C Nation because yeah, they kind yeah, of joined yeah. up together, which is, again, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. And, you know, we're not going to say here, you know, what we, we, we have given to, um, you know, like I said, the Shad Gaspar Fund and also to other things that we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, we do retweet this on Twitter as well. So if you do want to go on the links, that is there as well, you know. Um, like I said, like, not only with the deaths and not only with 
but also recently as well, uh, we've had Black Lives Matter. Now, I- I'm only going to touch on this recently because I'm, I'm not, with the WNR, I'm not going to get involved in anything like this. Um, but Jackson Riker has been criticised by fellow W superstars for his tweet supporting President Donald Trump during a protest condemning the killing of George Floyd. Floyd died while being restrained by a Minneapolis police with video showing an officer continuing to press his knee against a 46-year-old neck while he was on the ground pleading that he could not breathe. The tragic incident, which was declared a homicide in an official post-mortem examination, has triggered widespread protests as well as high tensions as a result of police killings of African Americans. Well, Trump has been criticised for his reaction instead of opting for a diplomatic approach towards certain riots. The outspoken US president took to Twitter where he warned protesters in Minneapolis he, wouldn't deploy, he would deploy the army and wouldn't hesitate to order to shoot them if the situation escalated. The 73-year-old received fresh criticism on Monday. Police used tear gas against peaceful protesters outside of the White House to grant him a photo opportunity with a Bible in his, on his hand. Riker then took to Twitter where he appeared to be praising Trump in a post that is yet uh, certain to be scripted from his WWE character. But the thing is that we, we were following this on Twitter and, like I said, Riker, don't use um, your gimmick to try and, and make something like that work. But Ricochet said it best. When people are having a go at me, he goes, look, it's about freedom and everybody should be treated equally. So even if people don't agree with what he's saying, he still deserves a chance to say it uh, as opposed to everything else. I just want to say something quickly. We are not here, right, to um, talk politically. And I just want to say why I, we feel involved. Uh, there was a tweet the other day from our Twitter follower. And uh, we'll be talking about, you know, certain things if you want to see on the podcast. And he said, at the moment, it's crazy. At the moment, uh, he looks out and he sees the streets, you know, on fire. He sees all the rioting. And he closes his window and he turns around and he puts a our podcast on just to get away for 90 minutes or two hours. And that's what we're here for. We are not here to kind of talk... Uh, about kind of really serious things. We are here to try and make you laugh. We try and make you entertained and enjoy for however long it is, whether it be 90 minutes, two hours, three hours, whatever it is, every week, that is what we're going to try to do, try to do. Of course, Black Lives Matters. This is what we're trying to say. We're trying to uh, bring it to it. We are not going to, um, like I say, with this, we're not going to try and get involved in anything like this. We are going to retweet what we can. And uh, like I said, we'll support it in our own private way. But this is the thing. The WNR is about uh, our love of professional wrestling. This is what we're trying to do on Twitter. This is what we're trying to do on the podcast now. Of everybody is invited. Everybody. The WNR do not treat people differently for the colour of their skin or, you know, or anything else like this in any single way. Everything said on the podcast between Dan and myself you know, like I said, it's it should be seen as kind of comedy as well, and it's horrible to say in these days and day and age that you know black lives do matter and and everything else like this. It should be simple to say, but the W and I are here to get away from all that. Of course, we stand and support everybody along this, and until it does change, you know, and we are going to be there to just try and move on and and try and you know, like I say, brighten it up, you know. You know, when you were saying that speech, I imagined a big WNR flag lowering behind you, fluttering away in the wind, and, you know, your hair blowing in the breeze with your hand across your chest. Well, I think it's true, Dan. Yeah, you, no, you, it is 100% true, yeah. You know, like I, I said, that's enough of the serious, like we said, we've got it out of the way now. 
Uh, it, it's been horrible. We are here to try and lighten it up and try and brighten things up. And I don't think there's any better way to try and move on. Of course, we've got so much to do. We're going to run through the card in a little bit. We've got NXT update. We've got the shout-outs. But let's have a few games. Now, games, Dan, I mean, people that may, maybe never listened to the WNR podcast before, we have quite a few games that we do play. We do, yes. But one game that has kind of always stuck with the WNR podcast, and that is Elephant or F1. Oh, I absolutely love this game. It's my favourite time of the live shows. We can dust off this old beauty. What is Elephant or F1 for anybody that doesn't know? Well, Elephant or F1, it's a very simple game. You can play it at home with your friends, family. You can take it to school. You know, you can take it to work with you. You can do whatever you like with it. But you just simply make a noise. And I've got two cards in front of me. One says Elephant or one says F1. I look at the cards. I choose one. I make the noise. James has to guess what the noise is and kind of come up with his reasons behind guessing it. And then I reveal the card. And show him if he's right or wrong. Without doubt. So this is best of three, as it always is. Uh, and we start off, Dan. Please take it away. <coughs> Whoa. Now, that's a good one to start. And it's weird because we haven't had sport in a long time. Of course, F1's been off. But I've been watching some old stuff uh, the other day on Sky Sports. And I saw Hamilton coming out the, the pit lane. And I'm pretty sure that is exactly what it sounded like, Dan. James, you are correct. It was an F1 car, but it was Johnny Herbert's 1999 F1 car. Johnny Herbert. But I get a point for that, though, yeah? You get the point. It was F1. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, the attention detail is brilliant. All right, next one, please. Wow. Well, I don't know if you meant to do that or not, but with your action, you had your um, pockets out and <laughs> you had your zip undone, and I think you were attempting the elephant. I'm not sure, Dan. It was. Well, I was watching Planet Earth the other day, and I saw <laughs> a medium-sized female grey elephant, and it was that exact noise. Wow. Two for two. I'm on fire, baby. I don't think you have ever got a perfect score <laughs> in never. elephant. Or... I don't know if that's because I cheat. <laughs> no, I don't cheat. Do you cheat? I no, mean... no. I cannot confirm nor deny that I may or may not have ever cheated. You always seem to retain. I don't know why. <laughs> right, let's go for your third and final one. All right, go on. <clears throat> Do you know what annoys me more than anything else sometimes? Is when people listen to this and go... It is so obvious what that sound was. But it's not obvious because it's that's, that's a man making the noise. You know, we've got no machines here. We just make fun noises with our mouths. And uh, I feel that, um, I feel that is definitely an elephant. Damn. James, you have never got a perfect score in Elephant or F1. Ooh. And tonight... Yeah. That doesn't change. Oh. It was an F1 car <laughs> pulling into the pit lane. Oh, wah, wah, wah. So close, yet so far. And the look of disappointment <laughs> is reward enough for me. It's, it's almost worse than losing a pay-per-view prediction to you. Uh, and, of course, there'll be points on the line as we go along. But uh, talking about points, we always do it for takeovers. Now, Dan, I've got a test for you. You have been watching NXT with me since 2015, right? Very simple now. I've picked out three takeover events. I only want you 
to name or tell me what the main event was. Can I ask questions? Can I ask what the other matches were in the event? Can I ask the year, the date? Yes, if I remember. Right, okay. <laughs> right, okay. So you've got a, you're trying to test me on things that you may or may not remember. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know I know what the answer is to the to the main events. Okay. All, all right. right, so we start off, and it is, Dan, the very first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn event. What year, please? Uh, this is 2015. 2015. And if you can give me the two main events, I'd be quite impressed. It would have been... Would it have been Sami Zayn? No. Bit bit before then. Twenty mm-hmm. fifth, uh, our first year. It wasn't it wasn't when Rollins was champion. <laughs> it would have been a bit after you are then. So out. Yeah. No, no, I'm just I'm oh, just trying working, to I'm working work, out sorry, of my own sorry. little timeline head. Um Would it have been when Neville? No. Right, so first year. What was most impressive about first year we started watching NXT? Joe Watch. Joe Watch. So Joe. Boot. Balor. Yes. Owens. So Balor and Owens. Balor and Owens. Balor and <laughs> Did you get right. that? Yeah, in the ladder match. It just come to me. And the women's division, the women's title match. Who can remember that? I mean, that's on our, on our uh, match of the year. Bailey versus yeah. Banks. Yes, there you go. See, didn't help him. What's so well done. There you go. Take over Brooklyn. Done. Next take. That's one point. Next point. Takeover San Antonio, and I'll give I'll give it a year. Okay. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. And if you want a nudge, I can give you the month. Takeover so, San Antonio. San Twenty seventeen. So that would have been. It would have been before. It was a bit before Drew McIntyre. Yeah. So that would have been. Um, oh. Should I give you the month? Give me in? a month. It's in January. January. January so 2017. Royal Rumble yeah. time. So Royal Rumble was the night after. Um, Probably two of the best events we've had back to back. Gagano and Chompa? No. No? What event did I go mental at? Drew <laughs> McIntyre. No? Um, oh. Oh. oh um, Come on. <laughs> oh. His name is on the tongue. It is someone that you love. Yeah. You absolutely adore. Yeah. He's glorious. Yes. Bobby Roode yes. winning the NXT Championship. Yes. Who did he beat, though? I have no fucking idea. Yes, you do. Um, oh, who was champion? Who was champion? Who was champion? Bobby Roode. He was a uh, face. We saw this guy. We didn't see him in NXT because he got called Oster. And he did win a Royal Rumble. That I'm giving that to you. He run. He's won a Royal Rumble. Yeah. <coughs> but, uh, 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 Who's won the Rumble the past three years? You get your answer. Nakamura. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And Dan loves NXT more than anything <laughs> else. I do, but you know names and places. I and... know names and places. That's what I'm here for. All right, final one. Takeover twenty five. Yeah, We've please. Seen it recently. Last last year, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Is it been in the last year? So, would it be Adam Cole? Yes, it would be Adam Cole. Um, he defeated... Ch- uh, Ali B? No. Chum. <laughs> no. Gagano. Yeah, what? Johnny Gagano. <laughs> 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 That's the thing. This is the most, so yes. 
Yes. So what is taking over this really vibe? It is Adam Cole, Johnny Gagano yes. for the NXT Championship. It's a shame this is live, because if I could edit it, you would sound like a t- <laughs> straight away. Oh, I know, but I'll get there in the end. All right, Dan, so get your phone out. We're going to play a little game with me, because you know I like showing off. Okay. And uh, the reason we do the podcast is because I know so much about professional wrestling. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm humble, you know, but we do this because of I do watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> and a lot of... Wrestling, yes, Dan, just wrestling. But even more... No, wrestling. I watch wrestling. Yeah, but you've always got... <laughs> no, wrestling on. It's, it's wrestling. I don't watch any of the other stuff. Okay. Uh, it's All my right. wrestling hub, I would say, <laughs> that I go to and watch. You go to a wrestling hub. Yeah. All right, so in your house events, 1995 to 1999, that's how long they went. I just want to name each one. Ready? So you got in okay. your house one, in your house two, <laughs> three. <laughs> do, I, right, okay. do I get it? No. No. Uh, no. Oh, shit. All right. So in your house one. Oh, God. It hasn't got a name to in your house one. No. Main event was Sid and Diesel. It was indeed, In the worst yes. match ever. In your house two must have been Sid and Diesel again. Yes, but the title of it was? In your house. Oh, God almighty. I have no idea. It's two, the Lumberjacks. Oh, the Lumberjacks. That's quite smart. In your house, three. Yeah. What was the title to it? Um, It's what your mum does. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> Triple header. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Uh, Yokozuna and uh, meant to be British Bulldog War's own heart versus um, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Titles on the line. Three belts. In your house four. Um, what month was in your house four? In your house four was October the twenty second. Um, not sure what the title was of that one. It was retroactively titled the Great White North. So that Bret Hart versus like, what year in night for Diesel for the title or something like that? No, Diesel. Yeah. Versus. The British Bulldog. Well, no, that was K, cover. Sorry, I was reading the wrong bit. Yeah, Diesel versus <laughs> British Bulldog. What, in October? It was supposed to feature Shawn Michaels defending the WWF Intercontinental Championship against Dean Douglas, but Michaels was not physically able to compete on the show and had to forfeit the championship. All right, in your house five. I'm struggling here. That's in December. So five was Bret Hart versus Bulldog. Yes. Yes, right, okay, we're getting into it now. Seasons beaten. Seasons beaten. All right, 96 is when I come into my own. Right, so 96, so February 96, that was Bret Hart versus Diesel in a cage. So it was called? It was called Rage in a Cage. Indeed. Then we had Mania, and then we had, um, so we had uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies. It was Was that in your house? And that was Diesel versus um, Shawn Michaels, of course, for the WF title. In your house, eight was Beware of Dog. And that was Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog uh, for the main event. That came with a weird pin and it moved on to King the Ring the next month. And then the following month, you had International Incident. And you had a six-man tag team match. And it was it's a really weird combination. It was like uh, Vader, someone, and uh, Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, and maybe Warrior. And then uh, Vader versus Yokozuna versus someone else. Was it like that? 
The main event of the show was a six-man tag team match between the trio referred to as the People's Posse, Michaels, Psycho Sid and Ahmed Johnson against Camp Cornette, Vader, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Because oh, Walt Warrior walked out of WWF at that point in time. Uh, Alright, so we move on to In Your House 10 and that would have been in September. So that was Mind Games. That's Shawn yes. Michaels versus Mankind then. An extra bonus point for where it was held. Fill uh, it! <laughs> yeah, the ECW guys there as well. Um, that was 10. Uh, in Your House 11 was Buried Alive. The Undertaker versus Mankind in the very first ever Buried Alive match. Uh, in 12, that was at Christmas. And it was something like fucking Brett versus Bulldog again. Brett versus someone. Brett. Versus Psycho Sid. Yes. yes. Sharpshooter versus Powerbomb. Sharpshooter, that's 10. And then we go into 1997. February 97. One of my favourite in your houses. Uh, final four. You had Vader, Stone Cold, Bret Hart and Undertaker. And all four for the WWF Championship at that point. Uh, right, so that's in your house. So what's the next in your house? What number am I? 14 yeah. is the next one. Oh, God. So that would be in April. So that was Revenge of the Taker. And that was Mankind versus Undertaker in your house. With a, Mankind went through the table really good. Next in your house was A Cold Day in Hell, Dan. And that was Stone Cold versus the Undertaker squaring off for the first time on WWF pay-per-view, weirdly enough. Um, and then in... Right, give me the in your house number and I'll see if I... 16. So 16... Canadian Stampede. Who can forget about that? One of the greatest fucking in your house events. Maybe the greatest in your house event, uh, which was fucking brilliant. And then you had, well, 97. What would the main event be, though? What, in Canadian Stampede? Oh, sorry, you had the Hart Foundation. Brett Owen, uh, Brett Owen, Nine Hart, Pillman, and I'm forgetting one of them, British Bulldog, versus Austin, Legion of Doom, Shamrock, and I want to say Goldust. It was, yeah. Uh, so that was that one. And then we move on to the September event. And this is, uh, I've got this upstairs. Uh, this is uh, Shawn Michaels versus the Untucker. Uh, Ground Zero, it's called. I fucking saw the video in my head then. Uh, the next one was the very first videotape I ever got bought. In Your House, 18, yeah? Bad Blood. Untaker. Yes. The cover is him holding the head. Of, like, The Undertaker. It's the fucking most fucked up, gnarliest thing I've ever seen in my life. In Your House 19 was uh, In Your House DX. Shamrock versus Michaels for the WF title was the main event of that, weirdly enough. And then on to 1998, because I know we're taking up loads of time. Uh, 1998, No Way Out, February. And that was another weird tag team match. It was Savia Vega involved with Shawn Michaels, New Age Outlaws, going against, like, Austin, uh, Terry Funk. Mankind and Owen Hart, I want to say. And then, of course, April, we had WF Unforgiven, which was the Inferno match Undertaker and Kane. Austin, uh, do love main event. The main event of the following one, which is Over the Edge in 1998. Uh, fully loaded, 1998, you had Austin and Untaker versus Mankind and Kane for the tag team titles. You September, you had Breakdown, which was in Canada. Edge versus Owen Hart's a great match on that one. And it was um triple threat match, Kane Undertaker versus Austin for the titles. In October, Judgment Day. 
uh, Kane versus Untaker with Austin as a like, special guest referee. Uh, the Rock Bottom was the one in December when it was uh, Kane, it was Untaker and Austin in the Buried Live match. And last but by no means least, the February 1999 In Your House St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Now, I know I fucked the first couple up, but come on. I doff my cap to you, sir. <laughs> it was, yeah, very well done. And if anyone has any questions to stump this man's encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling, I challenge you to... A duel, sir. A duel, yeah. Well, there we go. All right, so we'll move on. And it's NXT update, and it's June 3rd. We have been following Drake Maverick's story in NXT. Can the dream come true tonight? I don't know. Mario Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, and Tom and Todd Phillips welcome us to the show. The crowd is cheering for the hill. Rent is first for the kickoff. Yes, and that is Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim. Well, LeRae pays for arrogance at the start, but after a penalty kick for Mia, she gets caught with a kick. Candice Fleury leads to an earful after three sentons. Yim back in the corner, and she's able to power her opponent into the corner and hit her with a cannonball. Action spins to the outside, but the HBIC blasts the ray off the apron with a forearm. She follows that by swinging her into the barricade, and they're brawling on the ramp when the referee counts his 10. So Candice Murray, Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim ends in a double count out. Yeah, and it's chaos after the bell with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez joining Candice, which brings out babyfaces Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. Johnny Gagalo runs in, which brings out his takeover opponent Keith Lee. After helping up his lady friend, the North American champ and Yim charge the ring. The Gagano's bails, and we're informed now that this is a mixed tag as we head to our first commercial. Johnny Gagano and Candice LeRae face off against Mia Yim and Keith Lee. And when we return, Johnny's arguing that he's not dressed to perform. He tells his wife they're leaving. They head up the ramp, but the limitless one grabs him, presses him over his head, and carries him back to the ring. Well, the ladies start at the bell, and it's all Yim. Candice is reeling, crawling out to the wrong corner for a tag. Soul Food gets two. Two. But LeRae targets Mia's knee when her husband helps her at the ropes with a distraction. Yim back in it with a running boot in the corner, but Johnny starts drawing with her. The misses recover. LeRae grabs her leg to keep her from tagging, but Mia hits a dragon suplex to cover. Gagano breaks up the pin, but that brings in Keith. And it's all Lee, but when he looks to end it with a spirit bomb, Johnny hits him in the eye with something that sends him down. It's Johnny's car keys. Yim checks on her man, which allows Candice to slip in and roll her up. Yes, in the aftermath, Gagano runs in and stabs the champ in the hand. He grabs a North American title and lays it out as the heels back away. Well, Tommaso Ciampa and carrying across his takeover match gets some hype. Ciampa tells him that on June 7th, Cross will find out that there's special and then there's Tommaso Ciampa. Mackenzie Mitchell interviews Dexter Loomis and asks him what the odds of Velveteen Dream defeating Adam Cole to become the new NXT champ. He doesn't say anything and walks off only to return with an easel. He's working on something when we go to our next break. Well, earlier today, Mitchell catches Drake Maverick entering the building. He's feeling no pressure because it's either going to be the best day of his life or the worst day of his life. He could become cruiserweight champion. He could gorge out on the catering because his WWE career is over. That's the beauty of it. Tonight, we find out. Well, we know what we're hoping for. Yeah, without we? doubt. Yeah. Well, the prime target on Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole's black backlock brawl is next. It starts with Undisputed Era, including Kyle O'Reilly, picking up the NXT champ on June 1st for a celebration. Meanwhile, the challenger is rollerblading and remembering all his issues with Cole and the Era. Well, the back and forth continues as we see Undisputed toasting Cole's year as champ, and Dream runs down his numbers advantage, his youth, his free count on Cole, etc., and has his ladies bring him his mirror. He dismisses them and talks to the mirror, and the ghost of the prince tells him he's going to win. We get 
picks from folks like Sam Roggers, Pat McAfee and Drew McIntyre. Then there's a recap of general manager William Regal booking the match, and that's that. Well, we find out there will be a triple threat to determine the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team titles. Only Lorcan and Danny Burch face Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era, and a mystery team. Well, we're back with Loomis and Mitchell. Dexter's drawing a caricature that shows him driving off with Roddy's, Kyle O'Reilly and Fish in the back. I guess he's abducting them to make sure Dream versus Cole is one-on-one. Our next match is Tony Nese versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve is pissed from the attack that, that from Nice that led to his last tournament loss. He's kicking his butt all around the ring until Tony fish hooks his mouth when Swerve tries to whip him into the steps. Nice leaves Scott with a back elbow. After that, they both beat the 10 count. He starts working the heat. We get a body scissors and they slap and chop each other in it. Swerve gets the top position, but the premier athlete goes for a choke. Scott powers up and turns that into a brain buster. Well, punches from Scott, but Nice trips him up while running the ropes. He misses a follow-up senton. Swerve sends him to the floor. That sends him crashing into the steel steps. He throws Tony in where the former champ grabs the ropes and hits him in the throat strike as a break. Swerve climbs, but here comes Gentleman with a distraction. Nice uses it to get Scott up for a sunset driver, but gets counted into a sunset flip. That ends it, so Isaiah Swerve Scott beats... Tony Nese, who can't catch a break in 2020. I was just about to say that man can't get a win if his life depended on it, bless him. Well, Gallagher rushes in, but Swerve escapes the hills. We see Oni and Danny getting ready for more commercials. Undisputed Era versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch versus Breezango. Yeah, Dango is back, and the fashion police have a whole astronaut-themed entrance. Philip breaks down the rules, which gives us one member of each team in the ring at all times. Tags only allowed to partners and no countouts. This is going to be one of those ones that I won't even pretend to be able to keep up with. We go to break with Fish and Strong regrouping outside while the Brit and Brawlers and Breezango have a standoff in the ring. Birch and Breeze are double-teaming Strong when we get back, but Roddy gives as good as he gets. Well, big break. Break, breaker on Prince Prettiest Fish flattens Birch on the floor. The hero work over to them in the corner while they tag in and out. Birch is back in, which allows Breeze to finally tag Fandango. He's on fire, baby! And almost gets the pin on strong until Fish breaks it up. Danny gets to his corner and it's only his turn to clean house. He's going a little too far, so he's able to catch him and throw him on a bunch of dudes on the floor. Well, then Birch gives him a boost as he flies on the pile. Things get confusing and Drake works. He's trying to settle things down. When we see Dexter Loomis in the crowd, his stare throws off the house of fashion police to level fish. Dangle with a leg drop off the top. And that is it. Well, Breezango defeated the era and Lorcan and Birch via pinfall to become the number one <laughs> contenders, if you can believe it. Wow. We're Imperium are out to stare down the goofy dudes while they celebrate. Malcolm Bivens leads into shirt to the stage. And Fabian Eichel and Marcel Barthel look back and forth between the two teams as the segment ends. We see Chelsea Green firing Robert Stone last week, and then it's back to action. And it's Elia or no. versus Santana Garrett. Or back elbow and neck breaker from Malia, and a disheveled Stone makes his way to ringside. The heel is in control until Garrett backs Alia into a corner. She ends it a few seconds later with a handspring moonsault. Yeah, Santana Garrett gets the win, and Stone can't believe it. Our next prime target is on the women's title. Io Shirai's in the water, talking about the strength she gets from being alone. Rad Ripley is getting up early to go to the gym. She talks about how great her 2019 ended and how rocky her 2020's been. Well, Charlotte Flair's practicing in the ring, talking about how she's NXT homegrown. Ray gets some more time talking about Sunday while talking heads covering her decision to challenge Flair after the Royal Rumble. Those same people talk up Shy as one of the best in the world. It was a very good hype piece. 
And up next is Cameron Grimes, my pick, my man, versus Bronson Reed. Well, the bigger Reed's dominance, but after being dropped out of military press and sent on, Grimes grabs the ropes and uses that as an opening to land a few shots. Bronson is right back into following a rip into the corner with a hip attack, but when Reed misses a splash of the top, caving out of nowhere, and that is all she wrote. Well, James, I'd normally say that nothing comes out of nowhere but an RKO, but when it's one of my picks and one of my guys, I think I'm going to allow it for this instance only. <laughs> the North Carolinan is celebrating when Carrion Cross slides in behind him. Grimes bails and Cross hits a Doomsday Sato suplex on Reed. He delivers a warning to Chomper. TikTok. Wow. Well, we learned that the women from the post-count-out brawl that started the show will be in a six-person tag match at TakeOver. It's time for the main event. Yes, and it is El Hico del Fantasma versus our new man, Drake Maverick. Come on, Drake, you can do this. Well, Fantasma offers his hand and Drake accepts, only to get rolled up. The larger man remains in control, occasionally working the arm, which Kashida injured last week. Maverick with a head scissors takedown to get back into it. The action spills outside and Drake launches an attack from the apron as we hit another break. Well, the Brit is in control, landing punches in. We return. Maverick kicks out. Uh. Phantasma's knee and then hits a drop kick for two. Two. The luchador rolls out and when Drake follows, he gets hit with a sit-out powerbomb on the floor. Maverick screams in pain but kicks out uh. of a cover back in the ring. Phantasma locks in the Romero special and stretches a release superstar. A counter gets two, two on Phantasma, but a backdrop driver on Maverick also almost ends Drake's dream. Well, he manages to kick the knee again on a charge and get into the driver's seat, but he jumps right into a Boston Crab. Drake struggles to the bottom rope, crying about how he'll never quit. Phantasma lets him get to his feet, then hits another setup power bomb that gets two. Two. Drake pumps himself up, which only angers his opponent. Phantasma screams at him, but Maverick reverses the whip and raises down blows bulldog followed by an elbow drop but that only gets a one count one jawbreaker and spinebuster from phantasma he climbs but maverick catches him with a flying elbow he's on the apron when the luchador grabs his hair they battle up top and hit strikes at the same time phantasma falls all the way to the floor but drake falls into the ring well the minivan luchadors are here they go for phantasma but maverick dives on them not want anything to taint his win but when he gets in the ring he gets hit with a super kick and phantom driver El Hijo del Fantasma oh. unfortunately defeats Drake Maverick via pinfall to win the NXT interim cruiserweight title. And you see Drake, he didn't want to he didn't want to be class dispersion. He wanted to win straight up and it cost him. That's a huge shame. Well the champ celebrates and leaves. The crowd chant for Drake. He looks in the camera, tells us he loves us and thanks us. He slowly backs out to the applause. The announcers talk about how how heartbroken they are. But James Triple H is here, he's got a contract, and a weeping Drake Maverick signs it. So Drake is with the WWE, my God. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's absolutely brilliant. You know, we was expecting Drake Maverick to get the victory and get his contract that way. But I think his heart, determination, and overall spirit kind of got him the respect that he deserved. Well, back on April 15th, W released 37 superstars, including Drake Maverick. Uh, nine producers were also furloughed. The releases came after the company announced they would be making cutbacks. The moments after his release, Drake Maverick posted a tearful video on social media in which he announced he would still be in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. And that would give fans everything he was could in his last three matches. Well, the video quickly developed into a storyline on NXT as Maverick wrestled to keep his job. 
And while he lost to El Hijo del Fantasma in the final, Spud signed a new contract with a wrestling behemoth to end this week's episode of the Back and Gold brand. But released WWE superstar Leo Rush was upset that WWE would use their release as an angle and voice displeasure on Sonya. Yeah. Well, the man of the hour tweeted, Man, are they going to hire everyone back then? Kind of a slap in the face to use this as a shoot work, but I guess I'm not surprised. Super happy for anyone getting their job back. But damn, real trauma and a lot of others were a part of this. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, we've talked about it. What are your thoughts on the Drake Maverick storyline? Do you think it's fair to the released superstars? Um, It's... I, I, I don't know. I think the storyline is a good way of doing it, you know, because it is kind of like a redemption kind of storyline. I don't know if his kind of getting released was actually kayfabe or, you know, what part of it. I think it is kind of untimely to do it when they've released a lot of other superstars because there's going to be like well you know if I'd have acted like this could I have saved it or was it like you know just a, a gimmick all along yeah exactly was he actually released and I think this is the interesting things we're seeing and to be awarded a contract it'd be interesting to see what they do with Drake Maverick in the six months to a year like we talked about where they actually had planned uh, but speaking of uh, NXT this week in this week's edition of the Wednesday Night Wrestling Ratings War AEW Dynamite topped NXT once again. Yes, according to NoDQ.com's Aaron Rift, Dynamite averaged 730,000 viewers during its two-hour broadcast on TNT, while NXT on USA Network garnered 17, uh, 715,000 viewers. Yeah, so Mike Tyson wasn't present on this week's Dynamite after getting this location with Chris Jericho last week. But AEW still delivered a newsworthy show. Headlined by Cody successfully defending the TNT Championship against Jungle Boy in his first title defence since beating Lance Archer for the title at Double or Nothing. Well, Dynamite also opened with a title match as Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page retained the AEW Tag Team Championships against Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. And there were also a couple of key promo segments on Dynamite, including AEW World Champion John Moxley confronting Brian Cage ahead of their match at Fighter Fest. FTR spoke for the first time in AEW as well before getting into altercation with The Butcher and The Blade. Other notable men- moments on Dynamite included Chris Jericho defeating Colt Cabana and Nyla Rose bouncing back from dropping the AEW Women's Championship to Hiraku Shida at double or nothing by beating Big Swell. Well, NXT, the final build for Sunday's NXT TakeOver took place, but it was the main event between Phantasma and Drake Maverick for the Interim Cruiserweight Championship that truly stole the show. But we ask everybody every week on the WNR podcast, the Twitter poll, what was the better show? Was it AEW or NXT, Dan? Uh, Well... The result came in, and it was AEW 60% to NXT's 40%. And I don't know why, but AEW has won every single show for the past four weeks. Were the shows better? I don't know. You know, We watched Dynamite, watched NXT. We let you decide. But, of course, we had their comments as well. Yes, um, Dean, or at Rauho1980, said AEW. Yeah, and Jacob RPD Barton, at RPD Jacob, says AEW as well. Uh, Kevin Cope at Kev4Kfabe said both were really good, but would give the slight edge to AEW. Yeah, so there we go. I mean, it's interesting to see, but AEW kind of, I think, gets it not only in the ratings, but also uh, with the fans. But this is a question. We're going to move on now to our mass. Now, Dan, we love masturbating together, don't we? 
We do, yes. We masturbate quite a bit. Right, so do you want to explain the masturbate for anybody that's never listened before? Well, masturbate, we get two subjects. We both pick a subject each and we kind of have to argue why we think that that subject is better. And then the other one either kind of relents to it or they kind of win the debate. Yeah, without a doubt. So what we're going to do, we're going to change it up a little bit because we have got uh, two sides. But there's one question I want to ask and we can go yes or no on this if you want. And this is the thing is what I've been wanting to know is do ratings matter? Because we've seen it these past few weeks now. And of course, ever since AEW uh, started as well, we were talking about do ratings matter. Uh, Dan, do you want to take yes or no when it comes to this one? Yes. You want to say yes, ratings do matter? Uh, yes, ratings do matter. Okay, so if you start me off and tell me why they matter, and then I'll argue point that we're trying to agree on who gets the point of this. Well, just like the Royal Rumble, James, it is all about the numbers. And, you know, if more people are watching the product, it certainly means that more people are invested in it, more people want to see how it turns out. You know, more people are kind of involved in it, and it's just getting more viewers to it. Yeah, but the thing is, does it matter? Does it, if AEW have won the ratings war, does that mean you'll look at that as just a casual, say you're a casual fan, do you look at it and go, oh, I'll tell you what, AEW have got more viewers than uh, NXT or, or, you know, beat by 30,000. I'm going to watch AEW instead of NXT. Well, if I was a casual fan and I didn't have any allegiance to the one or the other, I would look at the ratings and I'd say, well, if AEW has been having more fans and watchers throughout, it must be a better product. Therefore, it will be worth watching. So do you watch a show just based on people who have watched it as opposed to getting a show that either you like or picking something out for your taste? Personally, I don't know. No, but it's like a TV show. Are you watching a TV show because it's getting like Breaking Bad or whatever it is, Big Bang Theory? Because a lot of people are watching that. Are people then entwined to jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, we're going to watch this because everybody else is? Well, if it's getting a lot of viewers, a lot of people enjoy it. So if I watch something and I enjoy it, then I'd recommend it to other people, then they'd watch it, and then it would go like that. So it would get more viewers in. And if it's good, it's worth talking about. If it's crap and not worth talking about, then it wouldn't get as many viewers. So this past month, what have you enjoyed more, NXT or AEW? Um, I would probably say that I've enjoyed... AEW more. Oh, fuck off, have you? You only say <laughs> you cannot lie during a masturbate. You never said that. No, you, you never said you that. you got to be. No, obviously I've enjoyed NXT more, but it's what I'm more familiar with. So ratings in your mind don't matter because you're going to watch NXT because you're enjoying it more anyway. I'll watch both of them though. Yeah, I know, but you're more inclined to tune into a programme once it kind of catches you, no matter what it does. This is what I'm saying. The amount of arguments on Twitter and around... For people going, oh, AEW beat NXT or NXT beat AEW in the ratings. It just seems silly because it's, for me, right, and call me crazy here, Dan. If there's 700,000 watching each show, that means, like you said, there's about 1.4 million wrestling fans. And the ratings for this don't change much week in, week out. So it's the same group of people who are then either, you know, watching the show or not watching it that particular week. So the ratings could fluctuate depending on, oh, I'll watch AEW live this week, and then I'll watch NXT live the following week. But it made me think about wrestling as a whole. Is there that many wrestling fans, right? Because, yeah, you, you know, we get followed millions and billions and everything like this. 
But Raw and SmackDown, like SmackDown has like two million views. Uh, and I think Raw just done. Who's saying the 1.4 million who are watching wrestling on the Wednesday night are not the ones watching it on Monday and Fridays as well? So then you've only got like 600,000 people who are, say, your casual fan who are watching a program just because of something else. Yeah, I would say that is a very valid point. You know but it's mean? nothing to do with the rate. No, no, no. But I'm saying, but 1.4 million people, the same amount who watch AEW and NXT, subscribe to the network, or just you know yeah. over and under. So for me, it seems like people arguing over the fact of it. It's the same people. So you all just should kind of come together. Or not. I don't think ratings matter just to that. I think they just you enjoy the show and you'll be like, okay, we'll both watch both next week. You know. Yeah, I would give you that one because you know I, I believe that ratings don't matter if you enjoy a product it is down to what you think and your own personal feelings yeah. you know I could enjoy something that someone else wouldn't watch but you know it's down to what I think if I enjoy it I don't care what anyone else thinks and I don't think most people are allowed to watch what I watch anyway so you know what I mean it's, it's different but our then is a, a question that you came up with Dan actually this is one of yours and what's the question what's the mass debate the mass debate Undisputed Era, or in a circle, that one? <laughs> yeah, why you? You asked that as a question. <laughs> That's the one you come, You turn to me and go, I've got a master bait, and then you go, It is the it. one I chose. I know, but I've been asleep since then. Why did you choose Undisputed Era or in a circle? I mean, we asked if they were the top two heel stables. Why would you either pick these two? Because, again, you know, with the AEW NXT kind of face-off, you know, I... I wouldn't go with the Elite because I think the Elite's too commercial, but I think the, with the Inner Circle, they both kind of have similar tendencies and they both kind of got similar ambitions. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Before we argue with ourselves, who are you going to take anyway? Are you going to take Inner Circle or Undisputed Era? Um, I'll, I'll let you choose. I'll go Inner Circle. That'd you be go Inner Circle. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's fair enough. All right, so we asked on Twitter about this as well. Uh, and Brandon R. Scans, uh, who's been really active with us recently, we appreciate you, our follower of the week, said, honestly, I feel like members of the Undisputed Era have a more natural connection. They've had their interpersonal feuds in the past, and are still a faction. I feel like if the Inner Circle had issues, it would just be, as John Milton coined the term, pandemonium. What a great, what a great tweet. Well, Brandon, you just took the first line of my, um, my argument, my debate. Yeah, we can mass debate against this together. <laughs> <laughs> Right, what about anybody else, Dan? Um, well, Kevin Cope said, what about Imperium? I think I would take them over both. Wow, that is, I think, a debate for another day, especially now being NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, right, so I'll start. Why uh, Undisputed Era or Inner Circle? Uh, I'm going to pick Inner Circle because I feel, um, just from from now to a lot of perspective, I feel in a year's time, Inner Circle will just be heating up and getting to the best. And I think the Unsputed Era might have passed that. I think we've seen the way uh, WWE treat uh, people coming up from NXT. And we've seen it with Sanity before. We've seen it with, uh, apart from my recent ones, The Forgotten Sons, Unsputed Era will not get treated the same way in the main roster as they do in NXT. And I think that's going to be to their detriment. I think Inner Circle, I think we saw with a Stampede match, if it was going to end anytime soon, it would have ended after that match with Dynamite Fallout with them saying, oh, hang on, go our separate race. Because they're staying as a team, I think Satana um, and Ortiz are a great tag team in their own right. Sammy Guevara, you've changed your thoughts on him recently, which makes me pay attention as well. I think Sammy Guevara, he's an annoying prick. Uh, <laughs> but he's... He can move in the ring. You know, you can't deny that. 
Uh, you've also got Jack, Jake Hager, who I really, I, I like, because he's kind of come in as an MMA fighter and not kind of been the kind of person we've seen. He's just kind of got on with it. And yeah, he might have faded in the background a little bit, but he did have that match with Moxley. Uh, and of course, Chris Jericho, who just keeps reinventing himself as well. And another thing I like about the Inner Circle on Twitter uh, is Sammy Guevara now posting images of what stuff he can outrun, which is just genius, you know. Um, and I, I feel that way. And I feel in a circle, we're going to get stronger. The Undisputed Era won't. I feel, you know, with the inner circle, if it wasn't for Chris Jericho, no one would give a flying fuck about the inner circle. But, you know, you take away one member of the Undisputed Era, you know, when uh, Bobby Fish was out injured, they had to replace him. Yeah, he was irreplaceable. You know, he was, they had to bring in Roderick Strong to kind of keep the unit together. Um, you know, and they've kind of added Roderick Strong, you know, when Fish come back from injury. Uh, Adam Cole, he is a phenomenal athlete. You know, we've seen what he can do in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the tag team of O'Reilly and Fish, I think they would wipe the floor with LAX or... No, I, that's they are. I disagree. That Santana and Ortiz have had great matches and I feel they are a better tag team than O'Reilly and either Fish or Strong because, like I said, they've had two tag partners there. You couldn't get rid. Of, you couldn't add a member in a circle. You couldn't get rid of a member now. You know. Well, as I was saying, the comedic value of O'Reilly during a match would kind yes. of, you know, that would bring more eyes to it. Um, Jake Hager, I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than a henchman. Um, he's Sammy, quite a henchman, isn't he? <laughs> he's not going to be anything more than the inner circle's henchman. Sammy Guevara, he is annoying, but you know, again. None of them can speak bar Chris Jericho. Yes, he is a legend on the mic, but Jake Hager doesn't speak. So who would you, who's who got more talent as a, as a group? I, I think in a circle... Got as a whole, talent. I would say um, Undisputed Era because they just gel together. You know, they kind of know which each one's doing and you know their ambitions and goals. With the inner circle, all their ambitions and goals is just focusing around what Chris Jericho wants. Yeah, but with the Undisputed Era, it's like, right, you know, Adam Cole, he's a clear leader. Yes. But, you know, they know, look, we've got a place for you, you're going to be NXT champion. O'Reilly and Fish, we've got a place for you, you're going to be tag team champion. And Roderick Strong, you're going to be the NXT North American champion. That, you know, that is what their ambitions and goals amount to in NXT. You know, when they go up to the main roster, it's going to be world champion, tag team champion, middle title. Uh, well, it, for me, Undisputed Era is a stable, yeah. Maybe like the Shield, but as a Shield individually, they're not going to have the success that they did. I, as a group, you talk about evolution and stuff like that, building stars for the future. You talk, look about Inner Circle with Sammy Guevara and people like that, getting a rub from Jericho, possibly having something like that down the line. And you've got that. You've got Santana Ortiz to go as the tag team titles. You've got Jericho for the world title. You've got Guevara who can go for the uh, TNT Championship now. And you've got Hager there who can maybe step up and give a performance that we're not expecting as well. But I am going to concede with you and Brandon actually help you out a lot uh, just because of the kind of relationship. And even like Inner Circle... I can't remember, you know, look at the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, just in a, even in the entrance with the Adam Cole Bay with a boom and the, even the hand signals for the Undisputed Era, which I'm, I'm doing now. I think that's saying that maybe, you know. But it will be interesting to see their transition from NXT to the main roster. Yeah, that will be something worth watching. I mean, you know, these, again, 
they're in a developmental brand, as in where in a circle they are at their top level that they can get to. Mm. Where you know, for the undisputed era, the only way is up for them. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, right, okay. So the next one is it's it's a question. I mean, I put two names out there, but you can pick your own, Dan. And what I was trying to work out is who is NXT's biggest star right now. And I know people might say, oh, it's Adam Cole, or it could be, you know, I don't know, Gagano, Chomper. But I'm going to say their biggest star, the most potential at the moment, is Keith Lee. Who are you going to go for? I was actually going to say Keith, oh, Keith Lee yeah. was in my mind. All right. You, you, no, you go Keith Lee, and I'll, I'll think of someone else. I'll, I, I, might, I don't want to go Adam Cole because we just argued. About the undisputed era. Okay, I'll go Chumper as as my guy. Go on, you. Um, so why is, is Lee the number one guy at the moment? Well, Lee, in his name, he is limitless. I mean, they gave him the most outstanding performance in Survivor Series you could imagine. You know, if you're not strung on someone, you wouldn't give him that monster push on a main pay per view. You know, even in his name, he is limitless. Yeah, you know, again, he is someone that. I wasn't too struck on when I first saw him. You know, I made no bones about it. I thought, yeah, you know, a guy that big. And again, I shouldn't mock someone for their size. But, you know, I kind of underestimated what that man could bring to the ring. And now, you know, I'm a Keith Lee fan. Um, You know, just exactly what he can bring to the ring. You know, he has got a brilliant comedic value to him. You know, and just the things he can is absolutely unbelievable. He's currently North American champion. And... You know, I believe he is going to be NXT champion before moving up. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Like I say, when you talk about how good uh, Keith Lee is, uh, I think he has potential. I think he is the number one good guy in NXT at the moment. But what you're forgetting about is who is NXT's daddy. Who is the man that says he doesn't want to move up to the main roster because how much NXT means to him? You think about a man who's who's had more history and more heartbreak and triumph in NXT than Tommaso Ciampa, Dan. Huh? You think about the feud in DIY, you think about everything that happened with Johnny Gagano, all the stuff with Goldie being involved in it, all the injuries, and now he's back. And not only that, but show how important he is and how vital to the brand. The newest, biggest, baddest motherfucker comes in with Karrion Cross, and he goes and challenges Tommaso Ciampa. Flea or Adam Cole goes straight to Ciampa, and that tells you something why he is the number one guy in NXT. Well, I that, sold myself on that, then. Good that one. is just getting Karrion Cross's <laughs> foot in the door. You know, he is going to move on to bigger and better things. No, Ciampa's you know, the that is, better That thing. is just the statement that he's making, right? He's going to write, I'm going to take out him. Then he'll probably move on to Johnny Gagano. And then he may target Keith Lee, you know, after that. You know, once he's got his foot in the door and once he's kind of got himself a bit established. But, you know, with Keith Lee, his story is just beginning. With Tommaso Ciampa, his story is coming, you know, to an end. I can't see Ciampa. And on the he's ma- going he's gonna to have a fairy tale ending in NXT. And then Keith Lee is going to take the reins and run with it. Ciampa doesn't want to go up to the main roster. But he will have to. But he just said he doesn't want to. He so what's he going to do then? Is he just going to be, be the Cassius Ono of NXT? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Putting over talent. <laughs> so basically, you know, he's kind of made himself a name. He's done do in NXT. And instead of moving up to the main show, he's going to be going, you know, he's just going to be stalwarting and kind of being involved in feuds <laughs> with everyone yeah, who's coming up. But with Keith Lee, you know, he's going to go bang, right. Bask in my glory. I'm going to win the NXT champion, uh, NXT North American Championship. 
win the NXT Championship. I'm going to move up to the main roster. I'm going to start off on the middle title. I'm going to go to the World Championship. And he's just going to keep rising. Do you know what? I think I never won. I've never won, got three in a row with um, Elephant or F1. I don't think you ever outright won a mass debate. And I think you're actually going to win one tonight. I think it's 2-1 to you because I've got a great Keith Lee. The potential, he is the number one guy in NXT at this moment. So our number one face. You know, you put crowd there, Lee's going to get the biggest reaction out of everybody. So I've got to doff my cap to you, sir. And there you go. That is our masturbate. God, I always get tired after a masturbate. What about you? I'm all sweaty. Oh, mighty. All right, so we've just got... Well, we've got a couple of things to do. We're going to run through the schedule in a little bit, but we're going to run through the card, and we're going to talk about it all into detail. Now, of course, we've given you an XC update these past couple of weeks, but we're still going to run through the card. And, of course, we're all looking to NXT in your house. And another thing we did, we ran on Twitter and asked people their opinion as well. And uh, we're going to do that first. So it's basically shout-outs. And it's Tomasa Champa versus Karrion Cross with Scarlett to start us off. So Karrion Cross and Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, you know, is this, as I was saying during the mass debate, is this kind of a foot in the door for Karrion Cross? I mean, they can't build someone as a monster man who's been beating his opponents in about 30 seconds and having him lose to Tommaso Ciampa. Surely? Well, don't call me Shirley, but this is the thing. The story is, we know Ciampa's history in NXT. We know it's about, he is, when you think of NXT, like I said, you don't think of anybody else but Ciampa. And you've got Karrion Cross who's coming here. And the thing NXT can do and WWE can do when it does it right is present someone as a star. And that is what they've done with Cross. With the entrance and with Scarlett Bordeaux and the kind of even this couple of squashes that we needed, he's not back down. He's you know he he's got that look in his eyes again. That crazy look. That crazy look. Uh, I think they should be called Crazy Cross. I don't know why they didn't do that or you know saying, but I, I feel with that this matchup and I think out of all of them on Twitter as well, this kind of had the most excitement out of all the matches that that have been announced. You know, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. But I do see it going one way and one way only in this one, you know. That is it, yeah. We're not going to reveal who we, what we think's going to be the end result. I mean, you know, this is down to our predictions. There's points on the line here, and points mean prizes. Yeah. Well, but like I said, but we did ask you for your predictions if you want to, and Brandon asked, said, I absolutely think Cross should win this match. He's new to the brand, and it would be great to see him beat someone who held the NXT Championship for 237 days. Love the little fact there as well. Absolutely, yeah. Well done, Brandon. Um, Lorenzo Garcia uh, says, I think this will obviously be longer than a squash match, but I think it'll be one of the most back-and-forth type matches we've seen in a long time. Imagine the ending sequence of Rollins v McIntyre from Money in the Bank, but the whole match is just that. <laughs> this could be match of the night. Well, and Honestly, I feel that's pretty very similar. That yeah. could be you know, exactly how it goes. At Tim412 Taylor, Tim Schiffwalter said there will be one of two matches that will steal the show. Karrion Cross will win, definitely. Uh, Kevin Cope says this could be the show stealer. Cross has been in nothing but squash matches since his debut. This match has show NXT fans what he's really capable of. And Chompa gives it every time he steps in the ring. I can't wait for this one. At KK Kid 60, Kevin Kid said this will be an epic match. Yeah, and Jonathan Barton says this could ever, this could potentially either steal the show or be very dull. And then we said this might be a passing the torch moment, but if Chumper loses, what's next? And uh, King in the North says, even better, he could go up and face Samoa Joe, which would be freaking awesome, as we said. 
Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on Chumper and Cross? Like I said, we, we know Lakota prediction-wise. What your match? Will Chumper come off weak if he gets destroyed by Cross? Well, as I said, you know, during the uh, kind of build-up to this, uh, you know, to the show and uh, during NXT update, I've seen that, um, you know, we haven't seen enough of Cross, to, or I haven't seen enough to warrant a personal opinion on him. He seems like a monster. They're billing him as a monster. But, you know, where he may go from here, I don't know. You know, he could be, they could be limiting his matches because it could be the Goldberg syndrome. Yeah. You know, they could be right, squash match because you're not that good. But then again, <laughs> you know, it could be right. I'm just going to give you the tip. I'm not going to give you the full bit. I am just going to give you the tip and show you just partly what I'm capable of doing to you. We are getting closer and closer to TakeOver, and you can actually feel the excitement in the air as well as you get to it. There is nothing like a TakeOver, and I, I, like I said, I absolutely love doing uh, the live pre-shows as well. Uh, it's been great. Uh, we've got up next NXT North American Championship, the number one guy in NXT, Keith Lee, going against the former heartthrob. You talk about two heartthrobs of NXT, Keith Lee, Johnny Gagano. This should be some match, Dan, shouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Again, you know, Johnny Gagano, he's a man that puts his all into a match. Going against the man who, you know, the WNR have billed the main number one guy in NXT. I mean, what more could you want? Now, I, I don't think you can need anything. I think the only problem may be if is Johnny is working Hill maybe a little bit and against a bigger man and see Lee kind of taking it there. I just hope it's kind of move for move in that way and they just kind of go for it. I think these two guys could put on a real fucking... You talk about show stealer. Stuff Lee and Gagano could do, uh, I think, could be immense. You know, Absolutely. And Jordan Romano agrees with you. At Romano WWE says, probably the match I'm most looking forward to. Two of the best, and I'm sure they'll tear the house down. And, and I'd it- love to see Johnny Gagano just getting pounced Halfway across the ring. Oh, out of doubt. Uh, Brie Conkin as well, Obri One, I like that app, uh, said that Keith Lee is a legend and that he just loves him so much, so wholesome, strong as fuck, for his greatness bask in his glory. And then even better than that as well, this is what makes me laugh, because um, he also said, my daughter and I played a theme song what we did on the way to kindergarten before the pandemic hit. And we talk about playing like a Nakamura Rude. That's must be awesome in your car with your kid and you're basking in his glory. You know, it's brilliant. Just basking in his glory. Um, so, like I said, hopefully they give it time. Uh, Gagano is a performer unlike any other. You know, when you talk about a guy who's had more kind of five-star matches at TakeOver, Gagano has is, is been there and done that. Uh, is this a moment again, like Chumper and Cross, is this a kind of passing of the torch in Gagano saying, no, it's your time? Or is this Gagano reinventing himself again and having a power couple with Candice LeRae in NXT? Um, well, again, I, I think this is another part of, passing of the torch. You know, this is kind of, you're going back to the olden days with the In Your House, but this is kind of like a new revamped version. The new guys are taking it off the old kind of 1990s in your house. They're revamping it. They're get, putting their stamp on it. And this is, again, what it's going to be with the matches as well. I think it's like, right, reinventing myself. I'm going to be the new guy. I'm going to be the top one. Yeah. I, I think we had that. I, I cannot wait, especially, like I said, with, with 
to keep Champa and Gagano kind of relevant as well and to do it this way, I think it's brilliant. There's two matches I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, the match that no one wanted, it seems, is Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um, we talk about Twitter. Invalid brother Frank said, uh, can't imagine caring about this match at all. It's it's a difficult one because, again, it looks like two heels. Uh, try and build up um, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. This happened, of course, with Priest attacking Finn Balor about a month ago now. I know who did that. <laughs> yeah, um, again, you know, as much as I like Finn Balor, I, I just can't get into this. Is this just going to be like a little push for Finn this kind of Finn Balor coming back to NXT to kind of put over the new guys, is it? I, I, I don't know the motivation behind this match. No, I mean, Priest has kind of had a bee in his bonnet, hasn't he? And he took out Finn Balor to make a statement. But Balor was ready for Walter, and we had that already. And we've seen Balor, you know, beating Gagano at TakeOver. Is this a step down for Balor? Is this, is this Balor maybe past his peak now as well? I don't know. Again, I don't know what his ambitions are. I don't know what he's hoping to achieve. I, I, I don't know the motivation behind Balor. We, we don't know anything. It, it, no. he's, it came down to NXT to say he was a man, but he's not going after the championship. He had a little bit of interaction with Adam Cole, beat Gagano, and now he's onto the feud of Priest, who Priest has been losing to like Dominic Dijakovic and people like that, even though Priest has beaten Pete Dunne. Let's not forget about that last year. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like this is the only match that kind of... It's weird for a takeover. I would... And I never thought I'd say this. I'd much rather have uh, Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle than Priest and Balor. I'd even have the f- uh, three-way tag team match rather than this. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can uh, I can see exactly where you're coming from and I agree with that. Because they're not even using it as a kind of fact of like Cross trying to take out, uh, you know, Chumper in that way or even a Gagano. It's kind of just different... Which way do you see this going? Can Priest, Priest is apparently the favourite at this moment in time. Do you think Priest will get the biggest victory of his career? Um, I think if Finn Balor, he has been on a slow little build. So I think this is going to go possibly the Irish man's way. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. If Priest has got to put in a good performance. Is there a chance that if Priest doesn't perform well in this match, they might just say, I'll tell you what, let's maybe not push you as far as... You know, let's tag you with someone that's good. Yeah, I'll put you in a tag team or do something. I think this is a chance now for Priest to kind of do or die for Priest. Yeah, basically prove us all wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? That's all we ask. You know, (laughs) it's like we're not sure. Can Balor put the performance or is he phoning it in at this moment in time in NXT? Uh, Our next match is just been added: is Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. Now, this match on its own has got two or three intertwining storylines into this already. You know, you've got the the Knox and um, Kai thing with Gonzalez as the manager. That dates back all the way to War Games. They're yeah. not finished with each other yet. Of course, Blackheart getting involved. You've got the Ray and Yim who have been interacting alongside Lee and Gagano in their feud. I think this match is really, really interesting. I think to start the show with it and really, you know, kind of give it a little bit of time has a chance to be a great match as well, you know? It does indeed. Again, yeah, you know, six huge talents. A lot of up-and-comers in this as well. You know, this could be... We could be looking here at the next face of SmackDown. Yeah. You know, these women could be kind of running the show once the four horsewomen kind of take a step back. Uh, you know, especially with uh, Lynch out having her bun in the oven. Yes. Um, 
and you know, this could be the next generation of women to run the show, and I'd be happy with that. Yeah, and the great thing is, none of these women either have had uh, been NXT Women's Champion. So this could be NXT for next year. Yeah, and like you said, the Kai's been really impressive. Gonzalez, she's had a couple of botches. But for all she got to do is is look imposing and stand there at this moment. So it'll be interesting to see. Candice LeRae, I don't think has had a proper shot in NXT. She yet. hasn't. No. Um. Uh, the only one that's kind of underwhelmed me has been Mia Yim. You know, she's come so close on multiple occasions, but she just hasn't kind of grasped the torch. And I'd like to see Mia Yim given a proper chance. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart. She's probably the newest comer to all of these. So, you know, I think her time's going to be slow building, but being involved in a match of this magnitude, it's going to be great for her. Yeah, she reminds me a bit of Ember Moon, that kind of a little bit different from everybody else. And hopefully, you know, a couple of standout performances can really, really shine. Uh, and again, it's going to be interesting to see the future of the women's division because which way is it going to go? You've got Charlotte as champion right now, of course, the former champion, Ray Ripley, and someone who deserves an NXT title run before they go up to the main roster, Io Shirai. I mean, that is going to be an incredible match. Yeah, uh, also Jim uh, at Captain Awesome underscore JWL says, Yim, Knox and Blackheart are three of my favourites on NXT. So I'd love to see them get the win and not have it end quick. This could be an excellent match if allowed to be. And again, you know, the amount of talent in this match, it does. You know, you could have a couple beat down on uh, Gonzalez to kind of get her out of the way. And, you know, there's so many different ways this match could go, and it could be a very good match. Well, doubt. he also said as well, did that Captain Awesome, I have to assume that this match, talking about Charlotte Flair, Ripley and Shiai, I assume this match is intended for Charlotte to drop the title, head back to Raw Smackdown. But I don't know if she does or would be happy if she, EO or Rhea with the title. I think both are fantastic. You usually have a better read on things, but honestly, I don't know. And again, that's what I love about takeovers, that there is a couple of matches you go in, Actually, I'm not sure it could go. Gagano and Lee in the back of my mind is telling me something, but I'm not going to try and listen to it. But do you know what I mean? Like, even this match, it could be all, any of the three of them, couldn't it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I wouldn't complain about any of the three walking out with a title either. No, I think it would be interesting, especially with the kind of how strong, talk about how strong the women's division actually is, you know. And another shout-out about that match as well. Amish man said, Rhea needs to win this. What are your thoughts on what should be a great match? I think Io Shirai probably needs it more than the other two to win. Um, Rhea Ripley needs it. Charlotte doesn't need the victory. Um, You know, she's an established champion. So, you know, Rhea Ripley or Io Shirai to win this match would probably be best for both the women to get the victory. But... Again, you know, I'll be happy as long as it's a good match, a good competitive match. And, you know, maybe you get a bit of Rad Ripley and the Oshirai kind of teaming up, taking out the uh, the more established face and saying, look, come on, let's have it between us. Yeah. And that would be a very interesting match to see as well. Yeah, I think unbelievable. Like I said, at this moment in time, any, any little woman could win that and I would actually be happy. Uh, it should be great. For me, and I don't want to be this, but I feel that is maybe the main event definitely for me i think should be the main event even though the championship backlot brawl they're going to probably film bits and part pieces of it or whatever i feel that that match deserves to be in that position yeah, yeah i'd agree with that uh, but we talk about our main event we've got the nxt championship match and it's adam cole baby versus the velveteen dream dan what are your thoughts on this match um again you know this match could be very good we know exactly what velveteen dream brings to a match 
Adam Cole, I mean, he's just over a year as champion. Is it his time to kind of put someone else over, give someone else a chance with the belt, is it? I don't know, you know, what What does he want? Do you know what? If this happened before, you know, anything was said about the Velveteen Dream, like I said, uh, innocent until proven guilty, I would have thought this is a foregone conclusion. But after the kind of screwy finish we saw in NXT leading to this, I don't know. And and Cole, for me, if Undisputed Era go up, need to go up in one go, and maybe after like a SummerSlam or something like that, making an impact. Or a Survivor Series. Do you know what I mean? Or, or something like that. I don't know if going up at this moment in time... I mean, imagine the crowd reaction when they finally do hit the main roster. And kind of, I think that's what's been affected this year. And well, I do think, you think you that's know, kind of what's stopping them from going up now because they want them to go up with the crowd reaction. I mean, they're not doing any harm down in NXT. You know, they can stay here for a little while longer as yeah, yeah. soon as the crowds are back and then say, right, this is the Undisputed Era. And then, you know, boom, and then the baby. You know, exactly, and everyone yeah, go, yeah, yeah. everyone will lose their shit. Uh, I think that's right. So the Dream's in a kind of difficult situation. Situation. Because then what happens to the Dream? Does he get called up if he doesn't win this? You know, does he still hang around and wait for his moment? Does the Dream need to win the NXT title to have to be successful the character we've called it great but i said this to you not to toot my own horn i don't know how long that six months potential is great but it's not we've seen it before you have to come through at some point you know and win something and i don't know with a dream i i I, again i still think he might be successful but at the moment it's it's going down a little bit more from for where he was last year do you know what i mean even the injury and everything like that well you know we're we're also interested in hearing our followers' thoughts. Oh, I'm interested in what I'm uh, saying. <laughs> Nikhil Sharma says, Cole retains the championship. And that, James, that is in all capitals. It's like someone's writing Volta. I hope a Cole retains championship. That's basically what it's saying. Basically, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like we say, uh, Kevin Kidd said, boom, baby. And I actually said at the same time the gift went off then as well. That's cool. <laughs> um, Jim, or Captain Awesome, loves to comment on our stuff. Our follower of the week as well. Hearing his thoughts, uh, honestly, don't think it be, could be possible for me to care any less about this. <laughs> you guys have ever really done it for me. I'm probably in the, monitor- in the minority on this. Maybe I just haven't followed NXT closely enough. But that's what the WNR Live is all about. And we're bringing all the action and, and let you know about this match as well. So I'll tell you what then, Dan. Uh, for Jim, tell me how the feud all started between Cole <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Give him all the backstory you want. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you do it for once, James? Uh, I mean, you could have plugged NXT Update, couldn't you? Well, you yeah. If you, if you listen to NXT Update, and you'll find the whole backstory there. Yeah, well, I'll go into it in a second. Harvey Smith as well says, really want Dream to win this. He needs the big one. And it is make or break Sunday for the Dream. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is with Dream... Like I said, this has happened a long time. Let's not forget, when he injured his back, he injured it and he came back, looked to be focused, Roderick Strong. And we thought the feud was as strong. It got to the steel cage uh, between the two. Adam Cole got in the ring and Dream basically let Strong get out and he had his moment with Adam Cole. And that's what he wanted, the NXT Championship. Uh, he's come close recently on NXT with the kind of referee getting knocked down and the screwy finishes in that way. And in the backlot brawl, it is all, it is double or nothing here tonight for Velveteen Dream. He either walks out as NXT champion or can never challenge it for uh, again as Adam Cole's champion. Adam Cole's been challenged for him for a year. Uh, should we just, what Adam Cole's uh, a year title reign, Dan? What are, what are your thoughts on Adam Cole's championship reign? Um... 
I think it's been enjoyable, but again, with NXT, I don't think NXT was kind of made to have long reigns. Yes, I know you're going to probably throw the Oscar title reign at me, but, um, you know, again, NXT is, it should be as it is, and as it is intended to, is to be a stepping stone to get up to the main roster, to kind of find your feet. And, you know, you don't need to establish a long title run. It's all about kind of getting the title, putting someone else over, moving up. Then the person who's got the title kind of, you know, and it, it kind of goes, passes it down the line. Yeah. Um, and that's my honest thoughts. You know, aside from a few exceptions, I Gagano and Chomba, who just want to stay in NXT. Okay, so we're going to get up. We're going to do uh, shout-outs quickly. Before we do that, though, I just want to mention... Uh, what are your thoughts on the takeover cards? You know, I want to give a rating, but when you look at it, uh, and what are your hopes and aspirations, and what do you think the potential is of this card uh, tonight? Um, again, I think a few of the matches certainly have a lot of potential. Aside from the Finn Balor Damian Priest match, I think you know if gone if done right, they could be great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Adam Cole Dream match kind of has to offer, how that one's going to pan out. Because a few of kind of the more unorthodox matches which have taken place during the COVID pandemic, yeah. they have been off key. And, you know, that is exactly what I'm hoping for this. You know, I've got high expectations going into this kind of match. So hopefully that one delivers. Lee Gagano, Chomper, Karrion Cross. I think, you know, I know, you know, at least three of these guys can perform a match. Karrion Cross, I don't know what he brings to it. But if he's going against Tommaso Ciampa, it's going to be great because Ciampa's involved. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, you can't talk it up enough because it always delivers takeover. I can't wait to see the In Your House set. Hopefully that is there. I will fucking love that. And let's just hope for a great takeover. And let's not forget we'll bring you takeover uh, next week as well. But we're going to go through the full schedule. We're just going to do a few shout-outs because we asked if anybody wants shout-outs on the podcast. Um, we've got Crazy Ape Messiah at Eddie... Uh, and then we've got Siri Ram as well, at Siri Ram Boyge, who wants to do the shout-out. We've got Pitro, of course, Brandon R. Scans, of course, we love him. Jimmy Trunks, Ramishan Anton, Abs Anderson, <laughs> at Abs Anderson 7 as well. Uh, and, of course, we didn't get time to get to your shout-out. We apologise, we're trying to do it on the next show as well. But that is nearly it. We are so close now to take over in your house. Uh, and I think we've built it up. Just, you know, just enough. Uh, but let's get on to the W&R schedule because, you know, during these times it has been difficult to try and get the same room as each other, <laughs> let alone try and get anything done. Uh, but we're just going to run through the schedule. And, of course, we got In Your House Live right now. But next week, like we said, the 14th is NXT In Your House. Uh, on the 21st is Backlash. Yeah, Backlash should be interesting. Lashley versus McIntyre. Uh, the 28th is the Women's Special Part 2. Two. And we're going to see everything's good for the world. Oscar has just won the Royal Rumble and is going to face Charlotte at WrestleMania. What could go wrong? Uh, moving on to July on the 5th, we've got the Magnificent 7 NXT UK. Yeah, we cannot wait. We've not been able to check out Magnificent 7 for so long. But now we're going to finally check back in and see if the rankings have changed. On the 12th of July, we're going to have the William Regal Superstar Profile. He's a man. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. We're going to be find some unearthed gems from William Regal as well. Uh, on the 19th of July, we've got NXT update. Yeah, that will be all the fallout from the takeover that we're watching tonight. 
Uh, August, uh, sorry, July 26th, we have Extreme Rules as well. Uh, on August the 2nd, we've got the Magnificent Seven update. And then the 9th of August, we're going to have the biggest fucking party the WNR has ever had. We hit 300. The WNR 300, August 9th. And hopefully, with social distancing rules, we are going to have the biggest fucking just bonanza that we've ever had on the WNR podcast. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to go crazy. Hopefully, all this is blown over. And it's just going to be a mad one for the WNR podcast. And then... On the 16th of August, we've got NXT update. Hopefully leading to August 22nd and 23rd, which will be a takeover and a SummerSlam. But of course, cards subject to change. But definitely June and July are locked in right now. So that is it. Don't forget we're across all social media. Twitter, at WNRReview. Uh, I'm at WNR Dan. Yeah, and I'm at John Score Rollins. We're also on Facebook. Yes, the WNR podcast on Facebook and also Instagram. All across the Google platform. Send us an email to WNRpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on YouTube, the WNR podcast where we have all the latest clips. And podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as you do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also Stitcher and Speaker where we're live now. And iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So... That is it. Yes, and the next episode is NXT In Your House. Yeah, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to us live here. We we love bringing it to you. We've we've loved watching NXT this, this past month or so, and we always Absolutely. enjoy it. It is always enjoyable. And we hope for a great show. And obviously, we'll bring you an entire event next week. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy TakeOver. Bye. Bye. I'm waving... Look at Mr. Chips, he's waving! (laughs)